Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. The ball straight run up. Now he angles it somewhat. I remember being a kid. I can see that happening. That's always oh, something to do. The Unlaced. Unlaced podcast. It's actually not bad. <laughs> and we're live. We're back on the Unlaced podcast. Gee, I'm pumped today. We've got a world champion boxer in the building, Sam the King Solomon. How you going, mate? Hey, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, good mate. We good. finally got you in the studio. You had some tire troubles on the way here. But... Yeah. Yeah. I normally do a lot of riding everywhere I go and uh, yeah, happen to get a flatty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, all good. All good. Um, what's been happening anyway? You've been been training lately. You've got a fight coming up. Yeah. I'm um, fighting uh, Jesse White. Not the footballer, Jesse White. I was going to say, is that okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he's, I can't punch that high. <laughs> <laughs> I can kick that high. Yeah. I can kickbox, but no, no, no. But um, yeah, that should be a good fight. And uh, he's a uh, seven fights, the one loss. And uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, a good stout. Mate, it's, it, honestly, it's an honor to have you in the, in the building talking and on this podcast, this platform. Yep. This is the first world champion we've had, I think, in anything on the, yeah. on the show. So this is... Uh, Massive, but what you've achieved across combat uh, in general, and, and obviously the sport of boxing, been remarkable. Um, Thanks. I mean, to say you're world champion, like that's pretty pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, it, or you know, a former world champion anyway. It's um, pretty surreal. But one of the things that's kind of been amazing to me, learning about and following your career, especially of late, just doing some research on you, is that you're still fighting at 48, yeah. which is yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Like what's what's sort of keeping you going? Uh, I mean, so many so many things like how much I love the sport and things like that. But uh, of course, loving the sport is probably my the main thing. But uh, I mean, being inspired every day by living with a guy who's done this podcast before, John Van Wyss and John Locko. Um, John Van Wyss is my age, and John Locko, who's in his he's seventy and nearly, and. Uh, He's, and they, these guys do what they're doing and uh, they inspire me just as much as uh, I'm inspiring those boxers who are uh, who are um, over 30 and still going. Yeah. You, you live, you mentioned it, and we're just going to touch on it. You live in like one of the one of the most crazy houses in <laughs> Melbourne and you touched on it. You've got like the mayor of Brighton almost in Johnny Locko there. That's right. You've got Johnny Van Wissler. For anyone that listened to our early episodes, and if you haven't, you have to listen. He's superhuman. I mean, the guy runs from... London swims the English Channel, and then bikes to Paris consecutively over three days. Yeah, he. I mean, I've never seen anyone that can do it. He's actually on your undercard, isn't he? Yes, that's right. It's going to be a good night fight. Well, is he? Can he? Can he? Can he go, Johnny, in the ring? Well, he's had the one fight, one win, one knockout, and the guy <laughs> that he fought was one shredded big, big mother puncher. And uh, and uh, for John to do what he did that night was special. So this is his second fight, but his first professional fight. That yeah. was an, that was an amateur show. Now this was a pro. So he's going to be, yeah, he's looking forward to it and you all, we all know how he trains. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I've always wondered with, um, with boxing, like the boxing record, like, uh, you know, from fights to wins, is that, is that like important to you now at your age or is it more just like actually the fighting, the aspect, like winning, winning yourself within the battle? Do you know what I mean? Because I see a it's lot of boxes. Important. No, always important. Like 
apart from doing it because you love it, yeah. you wouldn't love it as much if you weren't winning. But um, yeah, of course. But uh, it's not about the win or lose only. It is. It is the part about loving it, doing it, to understand. Once you've been in the ring and you've experienced the thrill of being in the ring, like catching a wave as, as a surfer catching a wave or or a skydiver, or, they would understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, because they've been there in that in that highest of highest adrenaline. You know, race car racing up in the top top end of it all, you know, and uh, so that's why I do what I love. And, and if I was getting hit around and I was getting punched around and inspiring, you know, inspiring, when you're sparring a good quality opponents and not getting touched, then, well, I say not getting touched. You're going to get, of course, you're going to get touched. Yeah, it's but, boxing. But yeah. it's boxing, but uh, not getting hit around and taking more than three punches in a, in a, in a whole spa, then... Why would you uh, give it away? Yeah, of course. Well, the reason why I ask, your record is remarkable. Like you've had, what's it, 65 fights, 47 wins. It's been great, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Across like over a 20-year period, I imagine. Yeah, um, Because given, yeah. and this is one thing I'm, I look at fighters now, like a lot of the, the sort of superstar fighters, Hollywood show fighters, if you like, that, that are well-known. Do you feel like the younger fighters or the younger demographic now don't fight as much as maybe the generation that you were fighting in or... Yeah, uh, yeah. So the difference is not really the fighters themselves. The fighters themselves of today would fight every week if they could. They lo they love it as much as any any era. Mm. Unfortunately, the the sport has a lot of politics. It's had it from day one from for, for for many 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 years. But the politics got more financially protect your opponent, protect your fighter, and getting the right fights and. And then, of course, the the nanny, nanny state style um, um, state slash country that we live in, mm. where they protect them like cotton wool, and if there's any little small injury, they were better stop them for four weeks and things like that. Those days, it wasn't like that, so you could get busier, you get more experience. But I can understand them wanting to protect the fighters, so you know, it's push. Push and pull is it is it mainly like the promoters as well? Is it like a business if, they, uh, if those no, dots don't align, or is it still no? The... It's 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 cross between promoters, between um, managers, between matchmakers, yeah. between uh, the, the the boxing board themselves, and things like that. And again, they're, they're only trying to do the right thing and protect protect yeah. the fighters in every which way they can. Sometimes more than sometimes too much, but what is too much? You know, yeah, it's, it's again, it's. It's like a fighter, to ask a fighter that, he'll be saying straight away, yeah, it's yeah. too much, too overprotective. You say to a, to a, uh, to, to someone in general, a general public that doesn't really understand it, yeah. be like, yeah, that's, so they should be doing that, protecting the fighter. So if it's just, it's just finding that fine line between the two and that is, is the hardest part. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've actually said this before on this show, but I, I, for some reason, I think boxing is just the hardest sport in the, in the world. And I say that not just from the actual getting in the ring and getting hit in the face and stuff, but like the actual, the purely base of the fitness, the diet, the dedication, like the whole sort of round thing on the body and the mind in comparison to other sports, there's little things maybe you can creep in and cheat and still be elite. Whereas yeah. boxing, I feel like you can't get away with it as much. Do you... Do you have that sort of fitness diet dedication like all year round, or do you kind of pick and pick and choose when you've got the fights and, and sort of flick a switch? It is all year round to an extent. So you get your eight to ten weeks uh, training camp. That's yeah. if you find a twelve round title fight. If you find a six round title fight, probably four to six week training camp. Yeah. The training camp would be as strict as you get your one, maybe two. 
you can't call it cheat days. Yeah. It's a sort of a stereotype way of saying sort of like a, uh, let your hair down days where yeah, you, yeah. you, you're not cheat days for those who have Maccas and KFC and the restaurant. I'm, um, I'm saying you, you, you let your hair down and you have a bit of skin in your chicken and your, your meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So you're still eating healthy, but like you just won't, exactly. it won't be like, you know. Going all out. Ridiculous. You know? That's and, crazy. And it's, and it's cold turkey. Like you, you, you start your training camp. It's three days on, one day off, three days on, one day off on an eight day week. If you were doing it, how I'm doing it. Yeah. And on that day off, like I said, it'd be, I'd, I wouldn't be drinking Coke and Fanta and, yeah. you know, but I, and I wouldn't be having um, fast food at the fish and chip shop, but I would be just eating things that are, are, are not so raw and yeah. so organic and so yeah. perfect. And then that's just one of the things, the fuel uh, you're putting in the early nights, you know, locked in, bang, eight, 10 o'clock, have to be out, out like a light by then, 9.30 in bed by 10 o'clock sleep, have to read, read prior to get tired, yeah. uh, tie your eyes out and then yeah, fall asleep. Yeah. And, and before that, doing what you do, you need to do setting up all your meals beforehand so that the next morning you wake up, it's all set and ready to go after you finish training or, or you, you, you got your food. So, so, so all that is in the six to eight week training camp, or if you're 12 round championship fight, 10 week training camp. And then after that, you can relax and have a couple of weeks off. What would be um, a traditional like diet for you in fight camp? Like, would you have a strict, strict specific diet? You might not touch carbs or sugar, anything yeah, like that, no, or is I'm, it just? I'm, I'm, a, I'm what they call a logic diet. Logic diet. Logic <laughs> diet. I believe, I, and I believe logic diet should be for everyone in the world. Oh, I love this. Children, what? adults, see, you know, um, senior citizens. It doesn't matter who. Logic diet is the most important diet because you go on any diet, you're going to be on it, then off it. Yeah. And then back to square one over a couple of weeks and you've been yeah. on it for 10 weeks and you're off it for two weeks and you look exactly the same because of the two weeks yeah. that caught up with you for the 10 weeks you've done so well. Okay. So what's the point being on a diet? Yeah. Just don't get on one. Just <laughs> instead of the That's diet, logic. do a lifestyle and do a logic um, diet, which is knowing, you know, there's a fish and chip shop across the road and there's straight right behind you a sandwich, sandwich bar, you know, and you yeah. just go get the logical sandwich because you know the, right. the, the fish and chip shop right. that that's not going to do you any good you know am I going to drink am I going to drink water am I going to drink juice or am I going to have coke or fanta or or lemonade you know uh, all common sense do I have do I have my coffee with full cream all the time or do I go skinny milk from now on skin yeah. milk so it needs to be adjusted that's all and once you adjust it and you get used to it uh, do I have three sugars? You know what? I love three sugars, but you know, I'm going to go for two. From right. two, I'm going to go to one. From one, I'm going to go to half. From half, I can probably stay on the half and I'll be okay. So that's all logic stuff. It's not stuff that's no scientific. So it's not overly adventurous. It's it, just basic exactly. like, principles. Yes. Once it's overly adventurous, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Okay. Or it gets done for a little bit and then you. It's yeah. true. Because anyone who does di a diet, to me, it's it's temporary. It's not a lifestyle. Absolutely. Do you know Which what I mean? No so that's yeah. a, it's a good point yeah. to break that up. Yeah. Um, Anyone that knows of you, and and it is kind of a myth, and I wanted to get your sort of, you know, the reality on this. This is interesting. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, no, the, it's around the training. Because I've heard stories of, like, the excruciating Sam Solomon training sessions. Um, I've even seen, like, clips of you doing handstands in the ring with your head on the corner of the ring. Like, are you able to give us some insight into the types of training, like the levels you go to that, you know, the basic person, there's no chance they can do unless they're really committing themselves? 
Yeah, so like I, I get days where I just go all out and do some crazy stuff. <laughs> In my mind, it's something that my fighter won't be doing. Whatever it may be, my opponent, should I say, not my fighter. <laughs> my fighter will be doing <laughs> yeah, it. Don't worry about that. I was going to say. He will definitely be doing it. He, she will definitely be doing it. Yeah. My fighters will, t- will agree with that because they're, uh, you're listening out there. You, I've got your back, guys. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pulling you back. <laughs> so, um, uh, again, it's, it's something that like I'll do a ridiculous amount of a certain amount of whatever it's push ups, sit ups, chin ups, certain punches on the bags, certain weight carrying. Well, weights, weights on, on my back while training. I'll do something that's I know that's going to give me three or four days of delayed onset muscle soreness where I will need three or four days of recovery. So, I'll, And on those three or four days, I won't have them off. I'll just be adjusting it so that I can uh, re- recover and repair the, the muscle from the hard work of that crazy day that you were talking about. Yeah. And again, that'd be uh, uh, lighter training, shorter shorter sessions, probably two instead of one, but a shorter one, thirty minute session times two in the day, yeah. and uh, yeah, just to, just to get Jesus. the lactic acid and the the, uh, the you know the torn muscle fibers in your body from the day the crazy day, and then doing that means come fight time or come competition time in footy or whatever sport you play, you can know that you've got something that your opponent hasn't got or your the guy you're playing against haven't got or a guy the poor the guy's tagging you on the footy field or whatever. Yeah. So in saying that that's why I do what I do to get us to get my fighters and myself to to the point where when it, when when uh when it gets to the uh the, the, the later rounds and you gotta find something. Yeah. You can find something. Hey, folks, we've got a quick break in the podcast to share just a little bit of something with you. Support for today's Unlaced podcast episode is brought for you by Manscaped, who is the best in below waist grooming champions of the world. They offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I like that line. That was very good. Manscaped has just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the 4.0 lawnmower. We're one of the first to try it, Pete, aren't we? Yeah, and uh, I can't speak highly enough <laughs> about <laughs> The uh, 4.0. You say zero, not O. Interesting. What do you call your balls? Show them. (laughs) I love that. So you get to on the Manscaped website. Unlaced is the discount code. Get on manscaped.com in your checkout basket. Put that in and you get free shipping worldwide. The the deodorant actually smells really nice as well. And it it gives it like a smooth texture. So they go hand in hand, the lawnmower and obviously the deodorant. If you're like me and you've got a bit of Manscaped stuff, Get this bag. It's great. A little toiletry bag to put all your stuff in. I've even got some jocks. As you can see, these are a bit too big for me. So they're obviously Pete's. Um, are you fitting those? I hope so. But yeah, so everyone, get around Manscaped. A great brand. If you're using the same shaver to shave your face and your balls, not like good. reevaluate, man. That's that's not cool. So come on. Get on get on the manscaped.com. Use the unlaced code for 20% off. Free shipping worldwide. Get your products uh, and your balls will thank you. Let's get back into the episode. Because you've been there in camp, yeah, you've been fight. You've been there in camp. You've done something that yeah. in only time in only time you'll feel it is in the fight because the pressure, the adrenaline, the nerves, the pace, the fast twitch muscle fibers going 100 miles an hour through the whole competition in whatever sport you're doing, all that is different to training if you don't do it in training. But if you've done it in training, and you can't do it in training every day because you'll be you'll be washed up firstly, or you'll be overtraining. So yeah. 
he shopped the body by doing it and doing the recovery. It gets it gets technical, and I won't get too. No, but, is, but I, my assumption is is that the besides the physical pain, is the is it right that like sort of the the fight itself should almost be the easy part from a fitness standpoint? Like the camp should be the hard part, or is it is it actually where you can you imagine get, it in that way? But I mean, it's never, not. It's never, not the case. It can never be that way. But yeah. if you if you can mentally convince your mind that your training is going to be that hard that it'd be harder than the fight then why not do that and then come fight time pretty sure that the fight will be harder but fight will be harder with you going as hard as you did creating in your mind that training is as hard as harder than the fight yeah. then come fight time your mind does some incredible things and you will <laughs> perform to it crazy to what to what your body would never have done if you didn't think like that. Yeah. So that's why my my fighters, for example, let's give give an example. My fighters, they'll be spent, and when they're spent, there's nothing worse than your coach saying to you, "Okay, head up, walk around, look fresh." You just want to put your head down, yeah. lean on the ropes, give me a second, give me some water. I'll be like body language, head up, look fresh. I'll be giving them the water they want. I'll be, uh, you know. Massaging their neck, giving fix, you know. What's, what's the reason for that for you? Like when you so then, instruct them. So then, so then, if they have that, come fight time, they won't look spent. They'll look so fresh because okay. they've practiced it already in a fight. Yeah, that's the part that doesn't get practiced by by ninety percent of yeah athletes who train for a. Because that's what your opponent will look for too. Yeah, they hands look on for, knees or anything. You and know. your opponent will get energy from the fact that he's seen you yeah. looking flat, and then yeah. he'll look flat if he sees you. Looking at a jerry can buzzing when you've just done a three hundred punch com, you know, uh, round, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you say, "Well, what do I have to do to get to this to wear this guy down?" Yeah. You've only done that because you've experienced it in training. Fair enough. So, what got you into boxing? Like, when did when did like obviously when did you start boxing, and then when did that become like this is the path for me? I wasn't to... any good at table tennis. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh, no. you're apparently good at indoor cricket, is what <laughs> yeah. I've been told. He's trying to recruit our producer Pete for opening the batting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I loved as a kid. I was a big fan of uh, martial arts. I did. I loved loved Bruce Lee. I was, that was my yeah. idol as a kid, and as you probably were too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. man, he's insane. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know. Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, one of my favourites. Um, and uh, you know, watched watched them and said, "I'd love to be able to do that one day." And went to a boxing gym when I was like you know, nine, ten years old. And Frank Kenny, Chelsea, passed away. Now he was he was eighty eight when I was training him. And, and uh, eighty eight, yeah, you were ten years old. He went, he went, he went, he went to the age of ninety one before wow. he passed. And in those three years. His hand speed at 88 was ridiculous. Really? Um, fragile man, of course, at 88, but but hand speed. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> he, he, and you just watch him and go, well, I want to do that. Oh, <laughs> and, that's uh, crazy. And he, he inspired me. He was part of my, the inspiration of getting me made to be. And people today are still inspiring me. Guys like I said, Jan Van Wies, John Locko and that who, who uh, I mean, John Locko, the, the guy who lives at our house, um, who owns our house, um, he's... He swam Alcatraz, you know, seven, eight, eight K swim, um, but did it in shark infested waters. This is a, we're talking San Francisco, the, yeah, the, the, the prison yeah, the, where they in the middle. There's helicopters Far above out. him, above him saying, get out of the water. <laughs> yeah, that is, that water's not safe. And he's just, uh, he's just treading the water saying, guys, I'm doing what I'm doing. Leave me alone. And I'm like, 
I mean, he, he, he doesn't miss a day. He does 90 days straight. He's done three months straight um, in June, July, August, uh, May, June, July, August. That's, that's four months. Sorry, straight, because I'm living with him, so I see it. Doesn't miss the bay, swimming in the bay. And uh, things like that, it's inspirational to me, and that's where um, it's good to have that kind of thing. And again, John Van Wiesen, guys that's like crazy. that living with, it's great. Yeah. So Who did, you hang out with, how you turn out. Did, anyone, did any of, like, in your sort of childhood, teenage years, early 20s, did people pick pick fights with you? Like, you know, in the wrong places, like obviously not knowing who you were and stuff. I like, think every kid gets experiences that sometime in it. I just feel like picking a life. fight with you, there'd be a rude <laughs> awakening after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad, dad was good. He, 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 was, he instilled in me about, um, you know, never throwing the first punch, never just avoiding it at all costs. Yeah. If the punch gets thrown, knock the, knock the kid out. Yeah. I, I don't tell my son that either. I tell my son, my dad was half right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tell my son, just walk away and have the hands up and put your hands up in, in, in terms of showing him you're not interested in the fight. That way everyone could see that you weren't interested. So if it got, if it got to a school principal or got to a, a situation on the street one day or something you like really that. You tried to avoid it. You yeah. tried to avoid it at all costs and your hands up will protect you from getting hit in the face and things like that. And so when I... When I went through it as a kid, it was a bit different. Um, Dad'd be like, "You don't throw the first punch." He throws the punch, then you, then you punch. And uh, I went through that and learned, learned how to fight, yeah. and learned how to defend myself in that way. And and yeah, it was an experience of, of its own. But that's uh, crazy. Yeah, learned how to fight. Yeah, but then when I was in the ring and got a bit of, um, it was back then there was no social media, but like you know, if I was in a magazine or a newspaper, now, I'm sure that kids would say. My God, three, four years ago, I had a fight with that kid in grade grade, <laughs> grade six. Now we're in grade in, in, in form form four. Yeah, I, I I can't believe he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I can't that's crazy. That that's that's crazy. Funny. Funny. Um, have you? And we're gonna go into like some of the like some of your most decorated fights. But I'm like I'm keen to understand. Do you, I mean, do you think fighting? Gives you a sense of confidence, a sense of empowerment, a sense of productivity in like the the normal world. Yeah, do you every, think? Do you every, recommend that for like people to get in? I think if anyone in the sport, definitely yeah. anyone, anyone who's given it a go, female, male, any age, it does that for you. Yeah. Um, gives you that confidence. You know, you, you never get into a fight. You know, and no one picks you. It's yeah. just because of your your there's they are about and they are about you. Know, it's just they 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 can almost feel your confidence and just think, well, you know what. He knows what he's doing. You can be smaller than the, than the, than the other guy, and and, you, and they still won't yeah. pick for that reason. And and uh, once you've got that confidence, it's 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 not just good for that boxing, martial arts, kickboxing. It's good for your health, lifestyle, your diet, your your, your sleep patterns, your your health in general. Your mm. you know your, how you look and and the respect you get. I'm, that's just a handful of things I've said from about 30 other things that it's good for. But uh, in, in saying that, uh, if you, if you're in, if you're in a, in a combat sport, learn, learning it, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, yeah, you're, uh, there's no, there's no better, uh, there's no better buzz. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I feel like that would be some of the, the benefits of it. Have you ever been fearful of like anyone in the ring in your professional career? Where yeah. Uh, Does, is that like it's, I assume it's normal, but is there anyone that's been like a oh, fuck? There I, like, wouldn't be. There wouldn't be a. 
it wouldn't be a fight where I wouldn't be saying to myself, well, anything can go, anything can go wrong here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? That's yeah. crazy, man. You've yeah. trained your ass off for eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what's, what's got me over the line and I've never had an issue is the fact that if you've done everything you need to do in the ring, in the gym, yeah, and you've done it at the pace that you should be doing it, come fight time, you'll be able to overcome whatever it is you're going to be feeling. So what you just said is right. You do yeah. get that feeling, but while you get that feeling, it gets overwhelmed by your confidence right. of of what you've done. You've left no stone unturned, as my good friend David Stanley would say, leave no stone unturned. And um, and um, you do that and, uh, and you, you, no matter what situation, who you're fighting, there's no one that's going to topple you because mm. you've done what you've done. You know, you may, you may, may be a close one, but you'll, you'll, you'll get over the line in the end because yeah. you've done something super special, you know, and that's what's so great about the sport. Yeah, there's no better feeling when you know you've done everything you can and, no, like, you'll sleep good at night regardless right. because you're like, well, what more can I have done? That's right. And it really yeah. helps having a good trainer. Like, uh, my trainer was 30 years with me, David Hitchcock, and he – he was not just a standard trainer. He was, he was, why, what I mean by not standard, like he was an un, unconventional, he was a style that you have to learn to accept that you're not going to look good at the start to look great at the end. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's either you want to look good, go to your local gym and train really hard and learn from your coach, or do you want to look super great and go to a trainer that is so unorthodox and so unconventional that it'll be tough to look good, but you're gonna. It's so much harder. But when you get there, he makes you look sensational. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because he because you're you're again you're. It's not the it's not your standard everyday type style boxing. Everything's, unorth everything's, um. Not not written in a book. You could never, you could never find a book that would teach you what Dave Hitchcock would teach you, and. Uh, and that's what worked, and that's why we stood out. And in terms of, firstly, listening to him so that you can trust in his ways, and his ways are uh, worked every time. That's amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, one of your famous fights, or most famous fights, was the 2014 Felix Sturm fight in in Germany for the middleweight world championship, which was unbelievable. Like, obviously, it's a big fight, but given your age and experience at that point, and obviously that being the, the championship that, you know, you, you could have won or, or would have won and would have been your first going into that fight. Like, was that just like an overwhelming fight, be the biggest fight of your career at the time? Yeah, I mean, any any fighter who's fighting for a world title it is going to be the – there's no way. It and can't you were in be. his backyard too, weren't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like going to Wimbledon, the grand final in football, it, the World Cup, it, it does whatever it's going to be. It's going to be the biggest day for you because that's what you go the whole your whole life training for and competing for until you get that that moment. And Felix Sturm, of course, with his record as well at thirty two, yeah, thirty two and two. Fuck. He only had the two losses in thirty two wins and fought the best there is out there. Fought Oscar De La Hoya, fought all the names we all know. And it's funny, I had a poster up of Oscar De La Hoya when I was a kid, and and uh, and. Uh, if the poster was still up when I was about to fight Sam, I would have put the poster down because it would have intimidated me. <laughs> <laughs> this, no, guy, right? this guy outboxed my fa one of my favorite boxers, so I'm going to uh, put the poster down so I don't think that. Well, if he outboxed one of my favorite boxers, what's he going to do to me? Unbelievable. But of course, I did, did never get to that because, like I said, I'd done all the training and all the sweet science of it and had the best trainer in Dave Hitchcock doing it. 
great management in Dave, Dave Stanley, who made sure I ticked every box, lived with, like I said, John Locko, John Van Wyss, um, lived with people that, that live it and mm. know how to, know how to get you to the elite of elite. And, uh, doing that, uh, we, we came over the line and beat one of the best boxers to put gloves on in Felix Sturm and then rematched him to to uh, confirm that win and won both times. So Man, it's, you know, it's four losses instead of two on his, on his uh, <laughs> yeah, correct. 32 win. Streak. Uh, 100%. And this, like, when we talk about that fight and obviously winning the world championship, you were 40 at the time. Yeah. Which right. is like probably the most, yeah, unheard of. Like, for, for people are a shock now. Cristiano Ronaldo is 36 scoring goals for you were winning a world championship in boxing yeah. at 40. Yeah. Like, man, I'd, a lot of fun. Like what, for you, what, why were you like, why were you able to compete for so long at that level? Is it the training? Is it the dedication? Did you just take care of yourself the whole time through your career? All that stuff's included, but the, the most important of course is, is lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. lifestyle. So, so getting caught up in whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a, gambling issue whether it's a whatever 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 addiction that could mess you up you smoked once or whatever mm. of course after a while your body will when when it starts when you get older it slow and slows down a little bit it doesn't doesn't uh you can't maintain because you've it, it, that that whatever whatever addiction you had or whatever thing that may have may have um done a bit of damage to your body when you were younger, but your body was metabolism and your youth and that overcame it for the time, mm. catches up with you later. And I haven't had any of that, fortunately. Thank you, God, for that. Thank mom and dad for yeah. the uh, for the discipline to be able to to um, be so strict to me in that in that way, but in a, in a, in a very good way. And uh, I didn't get caught up in any of that. And, and so, and of course, the other side of it is, like I said, the, the Dave Hitchcock style, they hit and not get hit. The sweet science of it so that the brain stays intact and doesn't get punched around. Um, and uh, like I said, I wouldn't still, I wouldn't be doing it now if I was getting, getting touched. Um, so in saying that, um, at the age of 50, I might put the gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't think you will. <laughs> we'll see. I've always wanted to make a half century in cricket. Well, I'm going to make a half century in boxing. <laughs> well, let's do it. Um, has anyone ever done that? Has anyone won a world championship at that age? Would you in, be... in America, I think it was uh, George Foreman. George Foreman. Uh, Bernard Hopkins. It's not bad bracket That's to be in, though, is it? <laughs> I can't. Don't think it, uh, Some of the greatest Hopkins. fighters of all time. Yeah, Hopkins, um, Foreman. Probably some of the the listeners who who will know of the Sam the King Solomon will be probably from the biggest one of the biggest domestic fights we've ever seen, which was so well documented back in the early two thousands against Anthony Mundine. What was that sort of time and you know period like for you? Obviously, it was such a big rivalry, um, with two massive fights or massive fights in general against yeah. you know. We've had lots of we've had lots of fights in my time, but but the experience of fighting in front of 8,000, 10,000 people at a stadium in Australia. I had that plenty overseas, yeah. but didn't have it at home. Having it at home was the best. There was yeah. nothing like it. It was a great experience. And whether we got the decision or not, the fight was great. And um, credit to Anthony Mundine. Um, we, 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 had, we had a few wars together. We had some fun after it. And, uh, and he, he, he got the nod and uh, he did what he did. And... Uh, I moved on to win a world title 
he moved on to win one of his own, and uh, yeah, couldn't have been couldn't have been a better. It was like the biggest. It was the biggest fight era. in Australia by yeah. far at the time. Like you yeah. know what I mean? It was huge. Well, it couldn't have been a better era. Yeah, it was. A, it was, and this is one of the things. And you mentioned it because I wanted to be transparent. Like it was a controversial decision, yeah. but one of the fights. Yeah, it but didn't it didn't matter. Uh, I accepted the fact that I'd done what I loved, and if I had have given it away because of that life changing time when everything was on the line and didn't, yeah, didn't get, I didn't get the nod. Um, I could have let it beat me twice, one yeah. on the scorecards and the other giving it away or yeah. everyone saying, how can you still do it after what you just, what just yeah. happened, yeah. happened to you? you know, how, how they, and I, I said, then he wins twice. So yeah. I just kept doing what I'm doing. And by doing that, and this is to all listeners who are athletes or, or in any, in any sport that if, if you let them beat you twice and I say twice is in the first time is on the scorecard and the second time is stopping you doing what you love because it didn't go your way, then they have won twice. Or you take whatever you can from it, you just come back and mm. come back stronger. And uh, and uh, when you do win it, it's even more rewarding in the end. And uh, that was what's uh, made it made it special. Man, that was they were they were incredible fights. I, everyone, you should see Sam Solomon fight in those fights, particularly the one that went to a decision was probably one of the best fights this country's ever seen. Um, I, I'm keen to understand. Yeah, no, it was true. <laughs> He's giving Thanks, me the mate. thumbs up. Thanks, Sammy boy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's a plug. That's uh, a plug. Um, yeah. But you know what? Now, now I've got the career, a career in teaching boxing as well. I'm doing what, I, doing what I love in teaching as well. I love teaching boxing. I, I'm <laughs> almost to the point of obsession. It's just so, I, 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 I just, I can't, I can't get enough of it. Like every time I see a kid learn something and get better at it. Mm. And then come back to me and say, Sammy, I've got it now. Or, or, or inspiring, do it, do it better than what he did the day before from what I showed him because he practiced it at home. And I know when they practice it at home and when they haven't. And uh, there's no better reward. And so there's no better. It's so good. So I've got uh, quite a few fighters coming out of my gym now. A kid named Aiden, um, Aiden Nita. Um, and I've got a few other fighters, Antonio and, and, and Ray, Jack Raymond and there are so many boxes coming coming through the rankings now that are going to really put on a show for, the, for 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 Australian boxing and and the world and uh, with uh, another a great great uh, lady female boxer in Kayla and her husband Grant Jones. There are uh, two fighters that one's going to be Olympian and one's going to be world champion. And you know every every trainer says, "Oh, my boy's going to do this and mm. my girl's going to do that," but till you watch them. It's not. It's 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 inevitable. It's not a maybe. The only way that could get happen is if they got hit by a bus. Don't get hit by a bus, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's um, there's super special talent that I've got in that gym. That uh, and like I said, w listen, remember those names I just said, Antonio. Hundred percent. Antonio, we call him Monzon, the nickname, John Locko names him Monzon because Carlos Monzon, the great big puncher. Um, Aiden Nieder and. Jack Raymond, uh, of course, Grant, Grant, Kayla Jones, and remember those names because they're uh, they're the they're the they're twenty twenty two twenty threes Olympians slash world champions. Amazing. We'll have to keep an eye out for them. Um, one of the things I get intrigued by with particularly individual sports, but also I mean boxing, is when you fight like away from home. Like you don't really have you've got your corner, but like no fans. Like do you know what I mean? So. 
and I assume from looking at your fights where you fought overseas, that some of them have been fucking hostile environments. Yeah. Like, how do you deal oh, with yeah. that? How do you deal with that pressure? You, can you block that out or? Yeah. Like, like over, over the years you get used to, I mean, you know, like I, again, it always comes back to why am I doing it? And yeah. then while I'm walking into the ring, I keep reminding myself of that. Keep reminding myself to enjoy what I'm doing. I'm going to regret it if I don't. And while I'm doing all that and the crowd are hostile and they're all chanting for the other guy in whatever country I'm at, I'm at the other, and now another half of me just, just, you know, lurking behind my shoulder is, is, is in my mind is, is that I'm going to turn this crowd around, come around seven, eight, nine, <laughs> you oh, know, wow. and, and mate, nearly every time we have, because crowd love to see an underdog or a, or a, or a, an away fighter come, come go through the toughest, toughest sport and get through the toughest of fights yeah. and, um, and, and change and change the, uh, change the outcome of a, of, of, of what would have been expected to have been, um, a real beat down. Yeah. Of this away, away it's fighter. Must be more so fulfilling. That's fulfilling, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it has every single time gone our way, but, um, yeah, 80% of the times it has. So <laughs> it's a good, yeah. it's good odds. It's a good, good, it's good odds. odds. And, uh, I just want, I'm dying. I'm so excited about having my fighters grant. Get Kayla, to experience that. Get it? to experience it. Aiden. Yeah. Um, Antonio, Jack Raymond. I've got so many good boxes that are going to come through that I, I'm just so can't wait to hear, see them do what they're going to do. Speaking of some other boxes and, and one that's just done what we've just said, winning in a hostile environment. I can't not talk about George Cambosos. How good. Yeah. Did you watch the fight again? Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I don't watch footy. I love my Aussie rules. I hardly watch the boxing, believe it or not. I'm <laughs> yeah. crazy about my footy Aussie rules. Uh, but, uh, there's an exception to, the, to that when it came to watching that fight. That fight, Tim Zhu, fighters like that, the, the performances they put on, you can't watch it once. <laughs> yeah, really? Once. Yeah, yeah, you have so to watch good. them twice. So yeah. good. Oh, what, what, what makes him so special, Cam First Rosas? time I watch it to enjoy it. Second time I watch it to watch how they do, how they do what they do, and they yeah. do it so well. Um, it, with, you know, without the emotion involved, just to be able to just concentrate. Like the technical and, and enjoy aspects. Enjoy the technical and... aspect and all that. But uh, – yeah, Cambosis is he's it's you, you haven't seen the last of that great performance. That'll be replayed again. I'm I'm one hundred percent sure of it. I I uh, think him and Tim Zoo and I mean I said that about Tim last year. Um Is that when, good? When when uh, they were saying, Oh, there's no way he's gonna be like his dad, he's gonna be good. So he's like I said, mate, well have a look and see for yourself. His dad will tell you what I what I'm about to say and he's gonna be up there, if not better, in some wow, way. In, in, really, and uh, and I'm glad he didn't uh, he didn't make, put egg on my face. He did yeah. exactly how, he did what he did what he what he went out to do, and and uh, and and Cambosis was just replayed what uh, what a Tim Zoo would do if he was in that same situation. It's not a maybe. I, I the hungry the, the the mongrel in Tim hasn't been seen yet, but it will. And and his last fight was a quick. A quick glimpse of what he can do. Yeah, there's um, Cambosos. Like people don't, maybe some people in Australia didn't realize that Lopez beat Lomachenko for the title, and Lopez was undefeated, and Cambosos fought him in like Lopez's backyard. Do you, is that like because you fought in some of the biggest fights this country's seen, or Australian fights in his in like our history? Do you reckon that's one of the biggest wins we've ever seen? Equal with any 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 yeah. big fights. I compare it with 
Costa Zoo's fight against Zab Judah. Really? It's a, it was like a, a replay of that in some ways because, wow. I mean, Zoo fought Zab Judah and Zab was the massive favorite against an Olympian in Tim, in Costa Zoo who's won everything. And, but it was in, her, it was in his hometown, in uh, Zab Judah's hometown and, and Zab was the, the undefeated, un, unbelievably un, 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 unconventional, hard to hit gun. Mm. Um, beating everyone and Tim's and Costa Zoo was in trouble in the first round. Couldn't quite catch him, but but Zoo stayed composed and it was exactly the same thing. Cambos is it was the exact same scenarios that happened in that fight that did with it. And I'm sure if Costa was watching the fight, he would have been saying, God, I've been there. And I yeah. know exactly what he's feeling and I know exactly what he's going to do. And everything that happened in that fight happened in the, the uh, Cambos oh, really? fight. They're my two, two of my favorite Australian. Australian fights. going overseas. Oh fights. yeah, I mean, yeah, incredible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, even for me, I think it's like people that weren't even boxing fans now, Cambosis fans. You know, that's how big it was. The other know? special thing was my favorite fighter got beat uh, in uh, in uh, Lumienchenko, and oh, yeah. the only fight he's been beat by is Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, so which is why that's so big. It wasn't just I was going for the Aussie, and it wasn't just how he did it, but he beat the guy that beat my favorite boxer in in in. Uh, Lomachenko. Lomachenko. Yeah. So, so it was a very, very good day. <laughs> One for the history books. Um, another thing I think that's important to mention when talking about you is some of the work you do in the community and you've done it for a long time, I think with the Salvation Army, but are you able to like share to our listeners, I guess, some of the work you've done there historically and, and continue to potentially quick, do? Quick shout out to all the yeah. guys at, at Salvation Army and, uh, yeah, I hope you're doing, doing okay with the, uh, with the, uh, pandemic that's been happening with the coronavirus and I, I uh yeah I've, I've really enjoyed working with you guys and still enjoy working with you guys and look forward to seeing you again after this fight and being able to celebrate with you guys soon <laughs> that's yeah. it that's it and now you're a big footy fan as well you touched on it before rules, yeah. who do you go for so I'm a tiger since I was a kid You've had a good few years, then, haven't you? Yeah, I've had Jesus. a very really good few years, and my second team's been coming with me as as I as I've grown up um, and worked with. So as I've worked with so many, um, they gave me a huge opportunity at, at Collingwood, the Lexus Centre, and working with some of some of the, my favourites who I love to watch play in in um, Licker and Rocker and Taron and. And uh, yeah, some of my favourites and Nick, Nick Johnson. That so um, uh, yeah, unreal. So, yeah, it's been well, good. Uh, so how I reckon. Um, I wonder if Richmond will be back there this year. I've got a feeling that they could. They could make the jump. Um, they're just so good. They're so good to watch. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. It is there. going to be exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting for me that my team have done that for so many years. Also in the last, well, in this, in this last few years, they've killed it. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and of course, you look out Collingwood, the Roo boy. Um, we got it. We got it. We call him. We call him Roo. He's he's uh, he's, uh yeah, we got this um, it's, um, this guy who's, who's uh, we we support. He's come from Senegal, uh, six foot nine. Look out for him. Uh, he's going to be one of our best. Roo, uh, it's his, his name Roo, and uh, he, watch out for him. He's going to uh, he's going to do something special for. Co- Look out, look All out. right, we will do. All right, we've got one more quick. We've got a bit of a fan segment here, Sammy, before we finish up. It's called the Lace Them Up Quick Fire Five. Pretty much, I shoot five quick questions at you, instinctive answers. 
All right. So this has come from the listeners and we'll see how we go. All right. So what would you be if you weren't a boxer? Footballer. Footy player for the Tigers. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, this is interesting. Worst thing about being a boxer? Uh, the diet. The diet. <laughs> Not yeah. being allowed to eat what you feel like eating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite arena of all time that you fought in? Uh, probably in uh, in America uh, at the uh, at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Favorite holiday destination whenever you get to have one? Probably uh, in the US. US as well? US, yeah. And then this is an interesting one because you just mentioned you don't really have too many of them, but favorite cheat meal? <laughs> it's... <laughs> Well, spaghetti marinara is not a cheat meal, but it is when you have it with cream sauce. <laughs> that's the dedication. The, throw the garlic to put the taste into it. But, um, but yeah, that's my favourite meal. Favourite meal. My favourite cheat, yeah, with cream sauce. Uh, my favourite cheat meal, probably uh, my wife's pasticcio. <laughs> oh, we love that. Well, Sam the King Solomon, thank you so much for coming on. I wish you the best. What's Fight 66 coming up this week? So Thanks, mate. Well, um, I just wanted a quick shout-out to my son, Samir, and Cleopatra, my daughter, and Maria, my, my wife, and say hello and love you guys. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.